Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode today here on the Growing Green Podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings, and I am so very excited to be coming to you today with another fresh new guest interview. This one is going to be one that um, I'm actually so, so excited for because this is something that um, we connected back on social media a while back and heard Kyle's story. Um, Kyle's out of um, Washington State, so really he's about as far away from me as he could get. Uh, if I was down in Florida, we'd be about as far as we could go uh, for real. But Kyle's got a lawn maintenance company, a landscape company up here in Washington, and it is bursting at the seams, growing rapidly, first year in business. And so we want to hear Kyle's story. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for the support along the way and the growth here recently. Um, but we'll keep up with some uh, show notes here later in the show today. We'll go over some things that we got to talk about, some things coming up here in the future. But first, I want to hop into today's show with Kyle and just kind of hear his story and how he got started. Kyle, how are you doing tonight, man? Hey, good. How are you? I am perfect. Like, life couldn't be better. I'm tired, but I love it. I love where we're at. love where the business is. Business is growing. Uh, how are you doing? I know you're busy up there. You are in first floor, first year of business. So uh, tell us about it, man. Tell us what you got going on up there in Washington. So, yeah, I started my business. Um, I did a little bit on the side last year, trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Um, I started doing landscape on the side and I started to learn like, wow, there is, there's good money in this industry. Um, so I focused on working on the side, doing pick up some jobs, um, mowing, landscaping, stuff like that. Then by the end of the year, I sat down with my family. And I said, Hey, I really want to pursue this full time. Um, my family supported me a hundred percent. Um, so I got started full time here the last week of February of 2022 and it just kind of took off. Um, you know, I had, I got on Google, I had, um, had some reviews from last year. So that kind of helped me boost in my area. But after that, I kind of just, um, advertising local community pages and I just didn't really have to advertise on market like on Google or next door. anything. it just took off. Um, we've been busy, worked every single day so far, Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturdays up to this point. That's awesome. That is a, that's a schedule that's hard to keep up with, but at the same time, it's a, it's one that you want to, uh, you want to hear that first year in business. That's, that's really cool that you're staying busy and things like that. What, uh, so what were you doing before? Let's kind of go back, uh, before you got started, what were you doing when you were doing this part-time? What was your full-time gig? So I was a, I was Going up to this point, I've had a, a lot of different jobs in the construction industry. I've done a little bit of excavation work and concrete. Um, and then I was working at a uh, retail yard selling the materials to landscapers and uh, making compost as well. 
Okay, that's yeah, that is a unique job. Um, what? So what is you? So you the, you said you do some excavation and stuff. Are you bringing that into your company now? What is the? Uh, what do your services look like? What are you offering your customers and things? So right now, I'm not doing any excavation work, stuff like that. The main focus for my business right now is just uh, lawn maintenance um, and just being property cleanups with some slight planting here and there. But for the most part, we're just a uh, mowing company. Those are the best. I mean, man, that's what I started doing in the very beginning was like just get out and mow. And um, it's like you're saying, you can get a lot of customers that way. You can build a lot of relationships. You said you didn't do really much of any marketing. Um, how many yards did you start with when you went full-time? So you said you went uh, – or what What made you go full-time? You said I know you said you mentioned that uh, there was, you realized there was a lot of money in it. Um, was that the only thing that made you go full-time? What was that whole process? What did that look like? You know, honestly, Jeremiah, when it came down to it, is about quality of life. Mm, um, I wasn't good. happy at those other jobs. Um, they were just deme- They were just. I felt like my the companies I worked for. They didn't really care about me. I was just yeah. a number to them. Mm. Um, so I just felt like. Let me ask you this, Jeremiah. When you wake up on a Monday, don't you? Aren't you happy to go to work every day on a Monday? Yeah. A lot happier than I would be if I was going to work and, for somebody else. Uh, no, that's good. I think that that is something that we can all relate with. And I think that's a that's a, a key contributing factor in working for yourself and being self-employed is the um, the quality of life that you get out of that. And it's I heard somebody I've heard it said before that being an entrepreneur is the only is the only career that you quit working forty hours a week to work eighty hours a week. Oh, I say exactly. You know you. You put into your business what you want to. If you want it to grow, you're going to work more. If you don't really care, you're going to work less and just mope around, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you said you didn't really... We're going to jump all over the place with this interview. I, I think that we can get a lot of value out of this, and <laughs> I, want to, I want to hear a lot of your... Um, a lot of your story here, but I want to, I want to hit on something you said just a minute ago about you didn't feel like you were like valued at your own, at your other job and you didn't feel like they cared about you. How are you taking that into into your company now? Um, first, what does your company look like when it comes to employees and things like that? Uh, how, what does that setup look like? Are you still solo? You got guys working with you? How's that, uh, playing out for you? So let me back it up. So when I first started this year, I was solo then I just couldn't handle it more anymore. I got so many calls, so many leads. I said, I need to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. Then that, it just kind of hit or miss, you know, it's, we're in a weird time where it's hard to find good help. Yeah. And um, if you find good help, you got to keep, make them happy. Um, you know, the first two guys, they didn't, they didn't last. Then I hired this another guy and he's, he's hanging out, man. He's, he's doing what I want. He's very, He's very goal oriented. He knows what he needs to do. He's been in the industry for a long time. He knows what I expect. Um, you know, and for my employees, like I treat them how I wish other companies have. Yeah. Um, I'm really good at making sure like when they get in the truck in the morning, they have like a they have a Red Bull. If we're working late, I'll pick up lunch. Um, I have this weird thing too where if we're doing cleanups, I'll sneak off during lunch and come back with some food as well. Um, it's just one of those things too. Like I wish working for these other companies, they would take, you know, it's just the small things when working for these companies, the work works not the, always the easiest, but if you can make the job seem easier, like show your guys you care. That's yeah. what really comes down to it. So I'm bouncing over the place, but no, no, just make, that's exactly where I wanted your, to go. 
like make your guys happy. They make them want to come to work for you every day. Yeah. You know? And like another thing too is like I always let my guy know like, hey, this is what we're doing today. I don't leave my guy in the dark. Mm. You know, I want him to think also like an like an owner. Yeah. Or like higher up than just a technician, you know what I mean? Like I want him to point he, I want him to point out like, hey, we should do this while we're here. Yeah. You know, just not just the job I assigned him to, like Hey, I think Kyle, I think this would look good if we did this. I'm like, okay, let's go for it. Yep. Yep. And and that's you want to train people to take your job. That's what I've always heard is like you want to train them to be good enough to take your job one day so you don't have to be in the field and he can do what you do. Um, that sounds like uh sounds like what you're doing there. I think what you're saying is very very key is a lot of points. You went exactly where I wanted to transition to, and it's just that how are you doing that in your company? Is because you it's obviously it matters to you. That's why you one of the reasons you left working for somebody else. So it obviously matters that you want a good company culture. Uh, I think that picking up lines, doing things like that is very key and crucial, and I'm learning that as we bring on more employees and the team grows. Uh, it's something that we're trying to do and, and just constantly like research and get better at like looking at other people. What are other companies doing to value their employees? How are they getting paid? Um, are they getting paid on time? Are they getting the right pay, the right amount? Um, is it easy for them to get their money? Uh, but at the end of the day, money isn't everything. Like a lot of people don't care about money. The guy that's working with me right now uh, that just started a couple weeks ago, excuse me, uh, just started a couple weeks ago, like we had that conversation. It was like money was not his top priority in working. It was just he wanted a good environment to work and he wanted to enjoy what he's doing. And something I think that we should also talk about, and I think you would probably agree with this, you know, I want to hear your feedback on it, is uh, you, you, you said you want to make it to where they want to come. It's easier for them where they want to come work for you every day. And I don't think you meant it like that. You didn't mean it like that. I know you didn't. But it's that... That mentality, I think people could take that literally and say, like, the people that say it's my company, I did this, I built this, and you work for me, that, I think that's an issue. And, and what are your thoughts on that? Because I think my, what you, everything you're saying is you're not that way. You're like, you're building that team culture where it's a, it's a we, it's a, it's not a, it's a we mentality, not a me mentality. Um, so how are you working to keep that uh, implemented and, and growing in your company? So, um, Sorry, uh, can you repeat the question, Jeremiah? Yeah, yeah, no. I was just saying, like, so how, how to keep a we mentality versus a me mentality? Because I know a lot of people say uh, it's my, a lot of owners. And this is something that I think across the industry needs to be worked on. And I do my best to not say it's my company. It's, it's our company. We all work together. We all do this. We all get the jobs done together. So uh, aside from you picking up lunch, things like that, is there anything else you do special to create that we mentality where you're all out there, you're all knocking out the job together, and it's not just that they're coming to show up for you every day and go to work for you every day? Okay. Yeah, so for that, you know, I, I want to – for – Going back to when I worked for different companies, there was always something that I needed that the other company wouldn't fork out the cash for. You know, I brought this guy on. He worked for a different landscaping company. He said, hey, Kyle, these steel 131s are just too heavy for mo or for weed whacking. Um, would you consider getting a 94? Mm -hmm. I, I thought about it. And it was like, if it makes his job easier and less like the weight, the weight difference, yeah. So I went out and bought him a Combi 94, um, and he's using that every day. And, you know, because of that, I learned that I like the 94 a lot better than the SS-131 because it's lighter. 
and then there's other stuff too like you know he always says hey like we um if there's something he's if he needs something he'll just let me know Mm -hmm. then i'll just end up buying it because at the end of the day the job we can make the job a little bit easier with the tools we buy i'm totally down for it 100 percent yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that and a believer that that will. Equipment is something that you that is not you looked at enough when you're an owner operator. But the second you start bringing people in to work with you, is that they're gonna the equipment the reliability of equipment is something that's gonna be looked at very very quickly. Like are they are they having to flip things upside down to get them started? And I'm saying this because I've had to do this in my own company. We've had to fix things and because stuff that I'll do all the time. Like I'll think I'll, I'll do it without thinking twice. Like I'll. Uh, if it needs a new air filter or something or the, the tank, the fuel vent needs to be replaced in the weed eater, I'll just turn it upside down and let it get warmed up and then I'll go with it. It, it won't bother me. But somebody else coming to work for me and with me, then they're not going to want to turn it upside down every time. They want the thing to crank and run the right way from the beginning. So even getting that stuff fixed and set up the right way for when they come in to work every day, they're not having to work on equipment or pull on it forever. That's something I think could be could help with culture as well and uh, could help you moving forward, keeping employees and keeping that morale and mentality up. Um, that's all good stuff, man. Well, let's talk uh, Let's talk legit business, like uh, the real-life business of what you got going on. So you said you're a lawn maintenance company. Um, I, I know, I mean, talk about if you're comfortable with it. Mention, I mean, what are you What are you doing top line now? You said you – I know you're doing very well. If not, no no pressure there. Um, if you don't want to, don't want to mention that, but I think a lot of people can learn and grow from it. Cause like you said, you start in February and we know where we're at today. You, you're growing, you're exploding at the seams. What has the process been, uh, to get to this point? What, I know you said you're cutting grass. What else have you done, um, along the way? Have you just been really just, uh, pushing lawn maintenance accounts? Has there been any other services that you've been really trying to hit hard or has it just mainly been cutting grass? So when I first started, I wanted to get into the lawn maintenance. I don't have many accounts. I did do about in the spring rush, we were doing about 30 to 35. But, um, you know, I sat down and thought about it. I'm like, well, I have enough accounts here that we're making good money on. I don't want to grow and stress me and another guy out, continue to grow. Um, but some of the accounts I have, though, they're pretty big accounts. I have a commercial, um, three HOAs. And, well, I just actually signed a contract today for a fourth HOA. Um, but they're bigger properties mm-hmm. uh, and something else I've learned is there's more, more money in the bigger size properties when you have to get the zero turnout and, um, they're about half an acre to an acre. So that is one thing that I learned going towards more into like May into my business. Like I wanted to focus more on those type of properties because there's more money in it. Um, you know, and a couple other things going back to when I started in business is if you don't mind me saying this, but like. I started studying other companies in my area on Google. That's good. Yeah. Um, I looked at their website. I looked at their websites and I looked at their Google reviews and I read their reviews and I looked at their websites and say, how can I getting started, have a better website easier for um, people to figure out how to contact me. Then I read their reviews and, you know, I set the goals to one, have a better website than these guys and rank higher on Google. Um, right now, my company's sitting around 22 Google reviews, and that's a lot more than others in my area. Yeah, that's so insane that for year one. So, right. And I just want to say is like, you know, when you get started, the Google reviews, those will help you right off the bat 
because most people are going to go look for the five star Google reviews compared to like a company that has five view, like five reviews and five stars. So if you can get your uh, existing clients to write you a Google review and boost up your um, stars, you'll rank higher on Google and you'll get more leads out of it. In my opinion, I believe that's how it's what's helped me the most. Yeah, I know. I agree totally. You said your website, you want it to to perform well and do better than your competitors as well. What does that look like? Have you Did you get a website built? Did you build it yourself? Um, how did you go about doing that? So I had some help. I had a client that he's built a few couple of websites himself. And I said, hey, can you help me You know, make my website user-friendly? We can get some photos of some work we've done. We can say what we've done. Then I just want to make it super simple for people to get in contact with me for they don't have to go through pages on my website just to send me an email form stating what they need done. Yeah. Now that's good. I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about that of uh, you need to have contact submission forms on like all of your pages on your website because they need to easily be able to get in contact with you. Um, what is something that you learned from I, – I like that idea and the mentality of going after the other businesses, going after your competition, I guess you could say. Um, I know I don't really treat it as competition. We want to be friends and grow the industry together. But at the same time, you are competing in your area. So you want to set yourself apart from them and be better service providers and be better, uh, more beneficial for your customers. What did you learn during that process? How, how do you have to make your company, what do you have to do? What do you have to improve to make your company better and set yourself apart from those companies in your area? So I want to step back. Um, these other companies were not competition. There's so much work out there. Exactly. I have, I have friends in the, I have friends in the area that are other landscapers and, we try to help each other out. You know, we'll send each other leads if they're not in our area and whatnot. But um, the one thing I did notice when I was studying other competition was just answer your phone. Get mm. back to people. You know, if you can answer your phone when that person calls you wanting a quote and you say, yeah, I can be out there what day, more than likely that person is not going to call another landscaping company until you come out there. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's big is um, answering on time and answering and being very, just responding very quickly. Even if you do miss it, respond very fast. We actually had somebody call the other day and um, I, it wasn't a customer that I was going to end up working with anyway. I wouldn't have wanted to. I could just tell over the phone, but she was definitely wanting somebody to answer the phone quickly and get out there quickly. Um, and I was a little too late. I, I think I, I think I waited like 10 or 15 minutes to call her back by the time I got, got back to her. But um, anyway, it, it, that is what she was looking for. And that's what the majority of con, uh, people out there, um, are looking for. I know when I'm a consumer, that's what I'm looking for. When we, like we broke, I told this story in the podcast before, but we broke a window earlier in the year and we need to have it replaced. And I called like eight different glass companies and literally the, the one I used was the first one that called me back. <laughs> uh, cause none of them answered the phone the first time. And then the one that called me back the fastest was the one I went with, and that was it. So none of them even called me back. But if they would have, I just went with the first one. And it like I wasn't even, I didn't even care about price. I just wanted somebody to answer their phone and do the job the right way. Um, and so that's what we went with as well. So uh, law maintenance customers, man, how are you? So you said you have thirty something lawns. What you were doing in the spring? Um, you said you do have bigger properties though. So that's something that I, I want to hit on and maybe talk about as well. Is I agree with you in the fact that like number of properties isn't everything because you can have 30 properties, but if those 30 properties are five acres a piece, 
that's the equivalent to a hundred subdivision lots. Like it's so different. So do you, are most of your properties bigger up there? Uh, what do your sizes look like? And then how are you looking to grow, um, for the rest of the season? So yeah, the properties up here, they're, they're probably about a quarter acre to an acre is what I usually cover. Um, so there, we can get in and out most of the time within an hour, but, um, it's just, it was just more, it just made more sense to me to focus on these. Cause well, first of all, I spent, you know, thousands of dollars on zero turns and I want to use them yeah. and I enjoy mowing on a zero turn. Um, so that was another thing. I was just like, I gotta, I gotta make money back on these investments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So do you have, do y'all have many like subdivision style lots and that's just not really what you're wanting to go after? Or do y'all not even have most of those? Cause I know like where we are, we have a decent amount of like subdivision lots, but we don't really have that many. Most of ours are just bigger properties. That's just where we're at in our area. So I feel like your area is similar to mine. It's a lot of country. We do have like a downtown center, then it just spurts out into the country basically. Yeah. Um, there are some neighborhoods out in the country and um, I need to do a better job next year on route density in these neighborhoods. Yeah. This year, I'll be honest, I took whatever I could find and I just went with it. And for the most part, it's paid off really well. My clients are very nice and friendly um, and just they, they they appreciate the work that we do for them. Yeah, no, 100%. Hey, if you show up on time and you talk and uh, you communicate, then I think they're going to be pretty happy. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. That is really that is, cool. that is That is – sorry, Jeremy, I don't interrupt you, but that no, is no, one thing I felt like it's helped me a lot too. That's one thing that's helped me a lot too is be communicative with your clients. Yeah. That's, that's what's going to make you stand out too is, you know, like let people know like, hey, um, I'm not going to make it to this day it's a rain day, something like that. Or be like, Hey, we're going to be out there next week. Um, is there anything else we can do for you while we're out in the property? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing I've noticed once in like, just in, it's actually probably the whole industry is there's a lot of landscapers out there that really lack, uh, communication with clients. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. That's everybody that I talk to. Um, that's what they say is they just want to, they want people that will communicate with them and get back with them. Because, like, we actually picked up a customer not too long ago, and that was the exact reason was they weren't communicating well. The people that had been kind of just quit replying and quit returning their calls. Um, so, hey, when, you, when you're not communicating, that's, that's not a good look for your business and for your company, uh, especially moving forward. You're, you're not going to end up having very many long-term customers, I don't feel like. Uh, so what are your goals moving forward, man? You, 30-something lawns, is that what you're doing now? What, do you, what number are you at now? Uh, we're probably, well, it's the summer. Everything's kind of burnt out. We're probably sitting around about 20, 20 to 25 clients a week. Then we'll do some cleanups on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays yeah. to make up for those uh, lawns being down. Um, what the company looks like now, I'm going to kind of stay the same size, me and another guy this year. Then next year, I might, I might grow to one more guy, but I really want to sit back. I want to take my client list and cut down the bottom, you know, the lower end properties and fill those back up with some higher end, um, clients that, you know, that have the bigger yards, um, mm-hmm. you know, and try to increase the profit that way. Um, we both know that, uh, growth sucks cash. So, and I, in my first year, I feel like I've sucked a lot of cash just trying to grow. Yeah. So I want to try next, uh, next year. I just want to be able to, you know, get that money back. Yeah, keep a little bit and keep show a little bit of reward for all the work you've put in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, man. 
What does your family look like? Are you married, engaged, dating? What does that situation look like? You live at home, you're on your own. Uh, what does what does that whole future look like for you? So, so I've been in a relationship almost two years. Um, my girlfriend Shelby, she's awesome. She's been really supportive with me throughout this whole thing. Um, she has two kids, and um, yeah, we uh, live in a house together in um, up here in Arlington. Awesome, man. And I saw the reason I asked this about family stuff because I was on your Instagram looking before we got started and I saw the massive dog that you got not that long ago. What kind of dog is that? The black one? The Ridge. He's a Newfoundland. He's a, he's a big boy. He's about 150 pounds. He's a year and a half. We just adopted him um, not that long ago. But uh, he's a big, big dog. He's a drooler, though, which kind of kind of sucks but yeah you know i've taken them out taking them out then we have another guy i don't know if you know this on the instagram but the gray one i think that one the grayer one is gonna be my uh landscaping buddy moving yeah. forward he's just super mellow i feel like it is taking him to work with me just lay in the yard and just look around and then do you still have the german shepherd too yeah that's that's kona um kona's awesome he's very uh very into his uh tennis balls Really? And wants to play fetch 24-7. Oh, yeah. He's a uh, he's cute dog, man. I'm, I'm a big dog fan, so I love I love seeing him, especially if he rides around with you. I mean, hey, you could get new customers just from them seeing that dog. Like, you don't need branding. You just let him stick his head out the window, and that's enough. <laughs> um, the uh, oh, yeah. there, the Newfoundland. That I'm telling you, it, I wish y'all could see his Instagram. Y'all can go check it out. We'll put his link in the show notes today. But, like, when you're sitting next to him, he's literally, like, almost as big as you are. Oh, he's huge. Yeah, I can't. He's if you put him up on his uh, back seat, he's pretty much taller than me. I'm like five seven, so he's probably about five five standing up. Good night. <laughs> that is insane. I mean, man, that's awesome. Um, that's really cool. What does snow look like for you? So we don't get a whole lot of snow out here in the Northwest. We do, but it's just hit or miss. I thought about getting in the snow game, but I can't see investing into a um, what do you call it? A snow what is it snow like a plow, a plow. Or a blower? i can't invest yeah, plow. Into a, i can't invest i can't see myself investing into a plow if we don't get snow you know yeah. what i mean like those things are not cheap and i just i don't want to risk it so if it does snow i we'll probably go out there and shovel some driveways and whatnot but it it's like it's not very often we get snow up here yeah i hear you i didn't know i know uh I, i'm not that familiar with out there so the, the furthest I've gone, we did go to California a couple months ago, and that was pretty cool. We drove up to uh, L.A. and San Francisco, or I guess L.A. is in the bottom. San Francisco was the one up top. That was, that was more north than the state. Uh, so, like, how far are you from, north from uh, like, L.A. and things like that? Oh, man, we are really far it's from It's a long LA. way, right? Um, so, for people, yeah, if you have people out here that listen to the podcast, I'm about 50 miles north of Seattle. Oh, wow, you way are you are way up there then. Yeah. How far are you from the border? <laughs> oh, I think the border is like another 60, probably about 60 miles. Oh, so not that far. You're pretty close then. Yeah, like I mean, if you want to go to Canada, is, it's only yeah. about 60 miles. Yeah, that's like an hour, hour and a half. That's not far at all. No, it's not bad at all. Do you ever, have you ever, do you ever like go across and come back? Or do you pretty uh, much stay in know, the U.S.? because the COVID... The COVID, because of COVID, they shut down the borders. I'm, I haven't gone to Canada in a while. Yeah. Um, I usually just stay down here in the States. So how far are you from Mike Andes? I know he's pretty close to the border up there. 
So here's a, Mike Andes is in Bellingham, Washington. So he's close to the border. Bellingham is about 40 miles, probably uh, about 40, 40 miles north of me. So oh, cool. yeah, okay. Mike's Andy's school. Then um, he has another location close to me here in uh, just about 15 miles or about 20 minutes uh, north of me, actually, in his Mount Vernon location. Cool. Do you uh, do you ever run into them out on the streets, the Augusta trucks and all that? So when I first got started, um, my uh, I I met the Augusta because they have one in Mount Marysville. And uh, the guy's pretty cool. Um, his name Nick. Good guy. He's uh, very knowledgeable, too, and he's, he's just like me. At the end of the day, we just want to change the culture of landscaping. You know, we, we want to give people quality work. Yeah. And uh, that's what he strives for, and that's what I strive for. And uh, together, I hope one day we can make a difference, you know, in our community. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, well, man, what is, what's some parting words of wisdom here? We're almost already at 30 minutes. This has been really good hearing about your business and how you've got going this year. Um, and so, well, before I ask you that, what you said, what's your future look like? I know you said you want to maybe next year get some cash back and things like that. What does the future of your company look like? And what is the name of your company? We didn't even plug that. <laughs> so my company name is hometown landscaping services. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. And, I mean, the future of my company, it's very bright. I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of different ways that can take, go about this year to grow next year. Um, I think the one thing I need to do though is get an enclosed trailer mm. where I can store my equipment in there and out of my garage. Um, I want to decal that, make it look good and just go around town with that. Um, one of, one of the things I noticed in this industry, in my area anyway, there's a lot of trucks rolling around landscaping trailers, but there's no decals on them. Really? Um, so I want to be able to stand out. Yeah, a lot of that. So I want to stand out, you know, and have my decals on my truck. They're already on my truck, so I might as well get a trailer and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Box truck. Box truck's the way to go. <laughs> um, that's what that's what we got this year. I love that thing. If there was one, if there was, if you were able to get one, I would say, hey, maybe try to pull the trigger on that. But um, do whatever works for you and your company, buddy. I know uh, enclosed trailers work for a lot of people. Um, I was just never, never a fan of them, but you're, you're right. Marketing and having your branding and things on that driving around town. That is a great way to get your name out there and people seeing you in the community. Um, so what does the future look like as we wrap this thing up? Um, the future looks pretty good. Um, we're going to continue to grow. I'm going to max out at about 40 to 45 accounts weekly. Um, we're going to grow that way. Yeah. I want to pick up another HOA. Um, and I just want to, you know, I want to work and just kind of be more profitable next year. There was a yeah. lot of expenses this first year. So I want to be able to, you know, get back that cash and yeah. reinvest it again in the company. As So let me ask you this, and this, Maybe, will, be, this will be the final question here, or one of, one of the last final questions is, uh, how do you plan to do that? How do you plan to become more profitable? What can somebody take away from this episode and say, this is how we can become more profitable? Ooh, that's a really good question. So raise your prices, you know, at then I didn't raise my prices at all this year when I first started. Uh, we were, oh man, diesel up here was over $6 a gallon. Wow. And I have a diesel truck, wow. but I kept, I, I kept everything at like, I kept the prices the same. I made, I wanted, I didn't want to lose clients. Yeah. So I kept my prices the same. I showed them and just show them that you're worth every penny. So this off season in the winter, I'm going to go ahead and, um, you know, look at all my pricing and I'm going to raise everyone's prices. 
Yeah. So that way I can, you know, get, get more money next year. And if they drop off, that's okay. There's so much work in this area that I'm sure I can fill the spots. And you'll fill them with customers that you need and you want to make the right amount of money on too. So that's uh, that's Correct. key there. Yeah. So, yeah. well, man, final question we try to ask all our guests here is pretty simple, but it can be complex. Uh, what is your why? So hopefully this doesn't come off selfish, but when I first got started, I could tell there's a lot of people who were kind of two-faced to me. They, they were saying, oh, well, we want to see you succeed and all that. But deep down, I feel like they didn't want me to succeed. They want to see me not, you know, grow my company, not be where I'm at today. So um, it's one of those things where I want to show people I can be in this business and I can do good work and that we can be the, one of the top companies in my area. Mm. Mm. That's good. I love that. I love that. I love proving the, proving yourself, and I think you've already done that. Just from just from the conversations we've had tonight, uh, I think you've already definitely proved yourself, and you're looking to to grow. And just the the way that you want to become more efficient, more profitable is all things that you must do to create a successful business moving forward. And I think you're on the fast track to doing that, man. Well, how can everybody get in touch with you if they want to connect with you on social media? Maybe ask you a few questions on how you uh, start up uh, and things like that. How you had a good first season. So my Instagram is just to be my uh, personal. It's going to be KyleAlex23. Um, if you guys want to find my business profile, it's on Facebook at Hometown Landscaping Services, LLC. Awesome, man. Well, we'll, we'll put that uh, link to the Instagram in the show notes today. So if you have any questions for Kyle, you can go out and click a link there and take you straight to his Instagram page. And I think that's going to wrap this one up, man. I appreciate your time tonight. Hey, thank you so much, Jeremiah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If it if you had a little bit of value, learned something from it, took something away, then would you leave us a five star rating review? Those really do help. I know I hate asking for those. I don't want to sit here and just beg you for reviews, but uh, they really do help us in the algorithm. I'm telling you, the more we get, the more we grow, and when we continue to grow, we can grow the community one relationship at a time and just put out the best, uh, most value filled content that we can. And it's we can have great guests on like this, and we have some great guest interviews coming up. I'm telling you the the next couple of days we have some really really good ones coming um so stay tuned for those share the show with your friends that really means a lot as well or grow organically and uh, we'll just keep this thing rolling uh, hot off the press so i think that is gonna wrap this one up without any further ado we look forward to catching up with everybody here on the next episode thanks for tuning in to the growing green podcast it is an honor to have you listening and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.